हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू द सेकंड एपिसोड ऑफ चाइल्ड हेल्थ पीडिया पॉडकास्ट थैंक यू सो मच फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन वी वुड ब्रिंग यू इंटरव्यूज विद एक्सपर्ट्स टू हेल्प यू ऑल इन टेकिंग केयर ऑफ योर चाइल्ड so september being a childhood cancer awareness month i'm pleased to invite dr vasudha pediatric oncologist from bangalore she did her graduation from the renowned kasturba medical college mangalore and her post graduation in pediatric from grand medical college mumbai she even completed her fellowship in pediatric oncology from great ormond street in london she has worked in st john's hospital columbia asia and km thank you dr vasudha thank you for uh, coming over for the podcast today Hello uh, Dr Amulya thank you so much for having me on board your podcast um i'm very happy that on the occasion of childhood cancer awareness month we are going to be talking uh, about childhood cancer awareness and more uh, so that more people know about it and you know uh, uh, we hope we can answer their questions as well thank you yeah yeah so uh, childhood cancer rates have been rising slightly over the past few decades uh, so dr vasudha how common is childhood cancer and why is it important to raise, uh, raise awareness about cancer so uh, childhood cancer is definitely not as common as cancer in adults it is mm-hmm. quite rare but having mm-hmm. said that all across the world every year about 4 lakh children are diagnosed with cancer this is between the age group of 0 to 19 years mm-hmm. and um, as far as india is concerned we contribute to about 20% of the global uh, childhood cancer incidence that means close to 80000 cases every year are, are diagnosed in india so when you look at these numbers it's certainly not there uh, but has it really been rising over the years it's a very difficult question to answer because um, the way i look at it i think now uh, there are more and more hospitals more and more doctors who are capable of you know detecting uh, diagnosing cancer at a much earlier stage so probably that's the reason for the increased incidence rather than a truly increased incidence of childhood cancer yeah uh so how does cancer present in kids and what are the things which parent need to be aware of yeah so this is again a very uh, important question um, and the one thing that we aim to do in this month is tell parents how they can when they should really be worried uh, that this could be one of the differentials in their child's condition uh you will be uh, i'm sure being a pediatrician you will also be uh, seeing lots and lots of children with fever right so mm-hmm. fever is one of the commonest symptoms of childhood cancer so mm-hmm. having said that not all children with fever have cancers so any fever that lasts for more than 2 weeks despite you know your doctor giving you the treatment antibiotics if required and it just does not remit that is again something to worry about mm-hmm. um a fever that is associated with what we call as night sweats so sweating in the night uh, that is again something to be worried about a fever that's associated with your child not really eating well losing their weight or not gaining weight at all is again something to be worried about apart from these the other uh, signs and symptoms could be in case of a brain tumor a headache that wakes your child up from sleep uh, you know immediately associated with vomiting or if there is a disturbance in the way they walk they feel very mm-hmm. unsteady and there is lack of coordination those are all red flags for a brain tumor 
Uh, the other things are much more evident. For example, if there are swellings in the neck region or in what we call as the cervical region or swelling in the armpit. Again, mind you, all these things are you know common symptoms of an infection. But despite the infection being treated, if these swellings are present, then again, that's something uh, that may indicate that this child needs much more detailed workup for the uh, underlying condition. Yeah, so I guess prolonged fever for more than two weeks, not settling down with regular medicines, swelling or anywhere on the body, not settling down with medicines even after two weeks. And based on the location of any tumor, probably with CNS presenting with headache, vomiting. So these are the signs which usually uh, children present with. Uh, yeah, thank you so Absolutely. much for that. Uh, so now the next question would be like, you know, if by chance, you know, we, uh, forbid, but a child has been uh, diagnosed with cancer. The first question what uh, parents would come up and ask is, why did it happen? Where did they go wrong? Or was there something which they could have done to prevent the child getting uh, cancer? So, uh, yeah, so what is your opinion about that? What would you advise them? Absolutely. So I think that's the first question that parents ask mm -hmm. uh, us that, you know, why did my child get cancer? Yeah. Did we go wrong anywhere? Did we mm -hmm. give him something that we should not given him to eat? Mm -hmm. Or did we not give him something or her? I mean, that's the usual uh, thought process. Yeah, but they go into this guilt and Guilt, trauma. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, no matter how, what we tell them, that guilt doesn't let go of them throughout the entire course of the illness actually mm -hmm. but again uh, uh, let me tell you that childhood cancer is very different from adult cancer in that way specifically because it's mm -hmm. there is no environmental agent or any environmental exposure that actually causes childhood cancer there's a lot of research being done all over the world, you know, whether, you know, some people ask whether there is a preservative that causes childhood cancer mm -hmm. or there is a pesticide or, you know, is there radiation, the phone radiation and right. things like that. Yeah. But there is really nothing to actually, you know, link one to the other. Okay. Uh, the way we see it, it is a very random event in this particular cell of the child where there is what we call a mutation that is a change in the DNA of the cell that makes the child's cell just, you know, go on multiplying and increasing in number. But mm -hmm. what really causes this that uh, we definitely do not know. Uh, but at this point, there is no proof to indicate that it's either a dietary factor or an environmental factor involved. Yeah, uh, but would you suggest any lifestyle modifications or is there any research which shows that, you know, you do certain things, probably there might be a chance that uh, uh, there is a reduction in the prevalence? Yeah. So definitely uh, more and more now we know that obesity is uh, mm -hmm. you know risk factor similar to adult cancers even in childhood mm -hmm. cancers. Unfortunately mm -hmm. after the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, obesity has been getting a lot of you know attention and rightly so uh, yeah. because uh, you know uh, after the epidemic of malnutrition that we faced a few years ago we are moving mm -hmm. towards the other spectrum of obesity mm -hmm. right. So and it has been shown uh, even in childhood cancers that you know uh, uh, being overweight uh, not having enough activity is certainly associated with a higher risk um, mm -hmm. of, you know, developing cancers because, you know, there are a lot of uh, oxidant damage and things like that that happen when you're obese. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely linked. So certainly having a good lifestyle, uh, limiting, you know, the junk food Mm -hmm. take to a great extent activities physical activities. They are all actually, you know, kind of a safeguard against cancer. Mm-hmm. 
and the other uh, thing is that the genetic factors i would like to stress upon because this is again one question that uh, parents ask me that is it genetic you know did it come from me or from my wife and uh, you know there is always a very again like guilt associated yeah. with it mm-hmm. uh, but less than 10% of childhood cancers have a hereditary or a genetic component uh, so most of them are, are very random uh, you know occurrences so uh, till now uh, based on what you've told and based on the research there hasn't been any definitive association of cancer with anything else it's but always a healthy lifestyle and a good diet is definitely uh, good for a child on over a long term period Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of myth again that cancers are not curable. uh, And uh, so it's a very scary thing. uh, Once a child has been diagnosed regarding the prognosis, like how would the child be? Uh, So what are the treatment options available and how far is cancer curable? So that's again a very, uh, you know, a golden lining, uh, I would like to say for childhood cancers, Mm -hmm. uh, that although it is a very, very uh, deadly disease, very, very uh, difficult disease to, you know, deal with, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of childhood cancers, up to 80% of childhood cancers are curable if they are diagnosed at the right time and they are treated appropriately. Mm -hmm. So, um, because, uh, you know, most of the childhood cancers that we come across are uh, what are called as leukemia or blood cancers, the cancers Mm -hmm. that originate from the bone marrow. They are the most common. And these cancers can be completely cured in a majority in up to 80 to 85% of the children only with something called chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. So uh, the modalities that we use for treatment are commonly chemotherapy because most of the childhood cancers are what we call chemosensitive. That means they respond very well to these chemotherapeutic agents. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, in case of solid tumors, uh, when I say solid tumors, I mean uh, Wilms tumor, which arises from the kidneys, neuroblastomas, which can arise from the adrenal glands, or certain type of tumors called sarcomas, we do employ uh, surgery as a very integral part of treatment. And sometimes they may even need something called radiation, which are mm-hmm. basically high energy X ray beams. Um, uh, and these are done to get rid of the micro uh, metastatic disease. That means that, you know, when we start treatment, we see that the tumor shrinks, mm-hmm. right? But there could be one or two cells also that escape and these cells can cause as much damage as the main tumor. So to get rid of this, we do employ these techniques many of the times in synergy or in conjunction uh, mm-hmm. so that we can offer the best to the treatment, uh, best to the child. In certain uh, cases where the, uh, God forbid, if the leukemia comes back, Yeah, Mm -hmm. we call it as a relapse. Yeah. So in those cases, uh, patients may also need what is called a bone marrow or a stem cell transplant for best cure uh, efforts. Mm -hmm. So that's a positive thing for parents to know that uh, 80% of them can be curable if detected at the right age. So it depends upon the stage of cancer and uh, the spread of it throughout the body but because medical facilities have advanced so much so most of the times they should recover well the cause might be a little uh, 
a painful is it or like yes uh, it can so be both physical and mental it is never yeah. a smooth ride mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is a very bumpy ride i tell the parents but uh, the most beautiful thing about children i'm sure you agree with me is that they bounce back really quickly right it's yeah. not like adults that you know they are miserable throughout the treatment uh, they are crying so as soon as they feel better uh, and they you know they are on their feet and that is the biggest encouragement for uh, parents actually yeah that's something which we also need to learn from kids <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah okay uh, so uh, any advice any take home message for parents uh, anything from your side which you want to convey Uh, it being this uh, awareness month so uh, like we discussed it mm-hmm. it is i mean uh, god forbid anyone's child should have cancer because it is i think the last thing that a parent wants to hear mm-hmm. uh, but what i want them to understand and remember is that like i said a lot of cancers majority of them can be cured if treated early and if uh, you know diagnosed at the right time so not to lose hope and you know uh, have a positive mindset uh, go ahead with the treatment with a positive mindset because often their energy rubs on to the children as well so if you are positive and if you you know you deal with it if head on then your child will find it much easier to uh, kind of go through the treatment uh, and the second thing for whoever is listening to this podcast who uh, by god's grace does not you know have to deal with anything like this is that um, supporting these families and empathizing with them is really really important because we can't even imagine the kind of struggle that they go through uh, their uh, uh, you know domestic life is disrupted their work life is disrupted they have frequent hospitalizations so a uh, small things you know just probably cooking a meal for them or you know just taking care of the other kid when they are in the hospital they're all very very small things that all of us mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. and uh, you know things like donating blood so all these things we can definitely do and we should do uh, it is probably of a small contribution to their fight mm-hmm. yeah uh, rightly said you know as it rightly said it takes a village to raise a child uh, def- even more uh, when your child is not uh, doing well so it's always important to stand for each other and support each other during these times yeah so community support uh, support groups are also available uh, where the parents can also speak to other parents whose child have uh, similar illness yeah so supporting each other that's a really uh, good message and i must appreciate you started this uh, sub foundation as well yes. to yes. support uh, children who've been uh, uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer right yeah. absolutely with the same mm-hmm. endeavor actually uh, just a few days ago we started yeah, yeah. a support group for caregivers mm-hmm. and children uh, mm-hmm. with the idea that you know uh, like you said it's always you know when you see someone else probably going through the same thing it really uh, gives a lot of hope and mm-hmm. that's what our support group is called it's called hope uh, mm-hmm. because there is absolutely no end to hope and there is always like a light at the end of the tunnel so mm-hmm. that's how we started our first support group and had a first session for the parents the, the theme mm-hmm. was caring for the caregiver mm-hmm. and that's also something i would like to tell parents that you know uh, it's very it's probably the last thing on their mind to care for them but it's very important during this journey to care for yourself as well uh, because you know your child's health especially the mental and the psychological health depends a lot upon your health as well mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So kudos to your effort because it really takes a lot to do all these things. And I'm sure all the listeners would have benefited a lot listening from your insights. Thank you so much once again uh, for being over here. And thank you to your parents for listening to the podcast. Uh, we'll keep you uh, tuned in with more such information, with more discussion with experts. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you so much.